0: Welcome to the Messiah Podcast. We are so glad you tuned in today. Whether you are driving, doing chores, or taking a walk, we hope the Lord quiets your head and your heart to hear truth and be challenged through His Word. Without further ado, let's dive into the message. Morning, everybody. Good to see you. Grab a Bible, start turning over to Deuteronomy. It's the fifth book of the Bible in the Old Testament. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter six, just have that open. Uh, use your phone, use your Bible, grab a Bible, take a Bible, uh, take one home with you if you'd like one. Uh, that would be great too. So Deuteronomy chapter 6. So today's going to be challenging. Uh, I'll, I'll just kind of forewarn you because I know that because it has challenged uh, me tremendously all week as I ponder this, as I think about this, as I try to live it, as I try to apply it. Uh, it's really hard. And what I want to talk about today, or God's going to talk to us today. Today is about what does it mean to love? What does that actually mean? And it's really hard if you go and look in the dictionary, and try to get definitions, because it really doesn't help you to say, you know, what does it mean to love? Um, you can't really find it there. So, what does it actually mean? I mean, when I sit down with couples before they get married, and I say, why do you want to? Why do you want to get married? And and usually one of them will, after about six other things, say, well, I suppose because I love this person. Oh, okay, that's a good reason to get married because you love them. Uh, but what does that actually mean? And what does it mean to a couple getting married? And what's it mean to a couple who's been married for decades? Is that love any different? A Couple weeks ago, we were uh, my family went camping and uh, I love to camp. Uh, that's one of those things. I love camping, don't miss that. And uh, we like to go to South Haven because one of my favorite things in South Haven is I get a Chicago style hot dog guess what? I love Chicago style hot dogs. And I took my dog with me, and he's never been camping before. He's a little chihuahua, and I love camping with my chihuahua. My family came, and we spent time together, and man, I loved spending time with my family. My wife was there. My kids all came at different times, and uh, we went boating, and uh, I told you I was renovating a boat, and we took it out on Lake Michigan, so the whole week I was on Lake Michigan, and guess what I love boating on Lake Michigan Uh, are are you finding a um, commonality here in all the things that I did yeah is there a difference between loving God and loving a hot dog and we'd all say yes but can you tell me what it is and a lot of us would go "Uh, I don't don't know this one's really good yeah so is this one Uh, what what's the difference what is this thing called love What does it actually mean? And why do we struggle so much with it? And let's be honest, we really struggle with it. People fall into love, sometimes they fall out of love. We choose to love, why do we choose not to love? Why is love sometimes really hard? And why is love sometimes really easy? It's hard to love somebody who loves you unconditionally, like a dog, that's a really easy thing to love. Why is it hard to love people sometimes? That's more challenging. Is it, is it easy to love God? Probably, as long as God's doing what we ask Him to do. But what happens when He doesn't answer prayer? It goes contrary to what we asked for. Is it hard to keep loving God? Is it hard to do what God wants us to do? Is it easy to do what God wants us to do? When we have guilt or shame, do we still love God even though we're experiencing all this guilt and shame because of what we chose to do? Is it hard to love God is it easy to love God you see the challenges this is really hard and and if there's one thing that I hope you do every day after this message is you keep asking yourself how do I love how do I do that and and why is it different for every person that you meet why why is it different from a stranger than it is a spouse if you're married or a child if you have children why is it different should it be different Well, God speaks to this, so let's start in the Old Testament with what Moses said. Chapter 6 of Deuteronomy 5, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, that Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Does God mean just add an hour on Sunday morning to our love for Him? Is that what He said? Like show up in church once in a while, love me during church, and we're good to go. I didn't read that. I read, love Him with all, all your heart, all your passions, all your desires, all your wants. Love Him with your soul. What is your soul? We don't talk a lot about our soul that being that God created in us. The very core of who we are. It's the essence of who we are. Love God with the very essence of who we are. And not just a little. Not just an add-on. Love Him with all of our being. Love Him with all of our strength. Our efforts. Our energy. Our strength. How do we love God with our strength? How do we do that? And when God says this, He doesn't just mean, ah, here's a good idea for you. You might want to think about it. I mean, what God wanted, and this is what God desired. Let's start with what God desired. He desires the same thing that we desire if you're a parent or a grandparent He desires to have kids who love and return. I don't think that's asking too much as a parent. You have a child because you want to love them and you would love it if they loved you in return. You would, you would adore that. When a child says to their parent, they love you, there's nothing like that feeling. Wow, that's, that's incredible. So think about why did God have us because God wanted to love us unconditionally And what he wanted in return, what he asked in return is, is I would love it if you loved me back. Why is that so hard? Why is that so hard? All right, start turning to Matthew 22. uh, Because Matthew 22, we're going to hear Jesus talk about this. And then we're going to eventually get to 1 John, because that's where our lesson is for the day. Uh, Matthew chapter 22. I want you to find verse 37 or 34. Matthew 22, 34. I might have said that wrong. Matthew twenty two thirty four. 34. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So Jesus added maybe a little bit. Instead of strength, he said, your mind. So are you you catching this? God wants us us to love him with our intellect, with our passions, with the core of our being, with the strength that God has given us. And he says, that's, that's what he desires from us. And then says, you know what else I desire, says God? Love your neighbor, how much? As yourself. How much do you love yourself? A lot. You feed, you, I mean, you care for yourself. Think about all the things you do for yourself. God says, all right, can you love people in that same way? And I think all of us would probably stop right there and say, no. We might try, but do we really love others as ourselves? Probably not. We can try, though. All right, now I'll start turning to 1 John 3, because I think now 1 John 3, which is, uh, we've been in the book of 1 John, now not the Gospel of John, 1 John right before Revelation in the back of your Bible, a couple of books before Revelation, chapter 3. As we've been studying through 1 John, the whole book has been about how to please god and we're going to get actually to the core now to the to the very essence of what first john is about because the reason why john wrote it is people were straying away from god and he was trying to bring them back into a relationship but ultimately he wanted to tell them how to please god and how do we please god simple love god that's it. So, chapter uh, 1 John 3, find verse 11. For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. That shouldn't be a surprise. We've been talking about that all along. This is what he's asking. John is telling all of his readers we should, we ought to. It would be good, this is what God wants, to love one another. Now, let's talk about love for just a moment, and God will actually define it even more for us. Love is one of those things that we grow through. You can fall in love with someone. You can love something You can love someone, but do you notice it gets hard to love some people? You ever find that? Yeah, turn to the person next to you and just tell them, it's hard to love people sometimes. Yeah, and I'm actually talking about you. Because we're hard to love. We're hard to love sometimes. And we hope people will love us even when we don't treat people well and we want them to keep loving us. We're the ones, we're the ones that are hard to love. Yeah, maybe somebody else is hard to love too. You're right. You're absolutely right. There are some people that are very difficult to love. But you know what happens? This is is just true. That when we love someone... And sometimes it gets hard, but we keep loving them. Our love grows through challenges. Would you agree with that? I mean, imagine if you love someone until there was an issue, and then you said, I'm done. We don't I don't love you anymore. You'd be very lonely. Because we love people and sometimes we're hard to love and and they're hard to love. You work through that and your love grows. That's how it grows. It gets tested and it grows. It's easy to love God when everything is really good. But it becomes more challenging to keep growing through our love for God when life does not go well. Because we're like, why are you doing this to me? Why don't you fix this? Why don't you help me? Why aren't you listening to me? And God does that intentionally. You have to understand. God doesn't always give us everything we want. Because we learn to love him through good times, we we learn to love him through challenging times, and God sometimes will keep a level of discomfort in our lives so that we keep reaching out to him and keep loving him and keep asking for his help. Growing through those challenging times, keep learning to love him, keep learning to love him. And it's the same with others. That it's hard, but we keep learning to love others deeper with challenges. That's just how it works. All right, let's let's go on. Don't be like Cain. This is in the old testament. Genesis chapter 4. Don't be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Okay, What, what does he mean by that? When I went back and I was listening to it this morning, the story of Cain and Abel, God was... Had a, it seems like God had an amazing relationship with Abel. And I would surmise... Abel loved Jesus, or loved God. Jesus wasn't there yet. He loved God. He was giving offerings to God. And Cain was jealous at the relationship or at the favor that God had towards Abel. Sometimes we'll do something similar. We look at someone who's better Faster, better looking, nicer, nicer car, better job, nice home, good personality. Whatever it is, we look at them and instead of going, wow, that's look at them, that's, that's awesome. What is our first thought oftentimes? Throw stone, criticize, pull them down, say something bad. Say something negative. Why? It's, it's our human nature. Like, if somebody seems like, for some reason, in whatever evaluation you're using, are, are better than us, instead of praising them for that, we want to bring them back down and tear them down, find the, find the flaw, find something, criticize, knock them down, because then somehow we think we feel better. That's our human nature. We, like, we, we tend to Pull people down instead of lift people up. And what did Cain do? Instead of Cain looking at his brother and say, how do I win God's favor and love like you have, Abel? I want to do that. Well, he took care of it. He just killed Abel. Solves that, doesn't it? I I mean, but isn't that us? Just... Be angry at them. Why are you angry at them? Because they're better than us? So we don't like them. And then all of a sudden, we find something in our heart that's not right. And we're, what God says, murdering. Why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Then he says, verse 13, don't be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. Why would the world hate us? Because if we do what God's asking us to do, and we're learning to love God, somebody who doesn't know Jesus, doesn't love God, can very easily look at a believer and say, I hate you. Why? Because you're too nice. You have joy in your life. You have peace in your life. You have hope in your life. You think you know where you're going when you die. You're not scared of death. And they can look at it and hate because they don't have it. And they don't have it because they don't have maybe a relationship with God and they see you do. And it's so easy to hate. See any divisions in our world lately? See any divisions in our country lately? In the political parties? See any division lately? Everybody's kind and loving and generous and helpful and pleasant and right? Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. Why? Why? No relationship with the Lord. Lord. So why love anybody? Why? Yeah, you're right. So God says this, don't be surprised if the world hates us. Verse 14, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer, and you know that no murder has eternal life residing in him. All right, let's unpack that a little bit. Do You see where John's starting to go really deep with us. That the proof of our relationship with God is our love for others. That when we've crossed from death, meaning no relationship with God, to having a relationship with God, that How do we know that a person has come into a relationship with God? Here's the marker in their life. Here's the evaluation in their life. They should see love. They should see a believer love. And that should be the distinguishing factor between a believer and somebody who's not a believer is that they have love. It's not to say that somebody who doesn't know Christ isn't loving and doesn't have love. But for every believer, you can't say, I love God, but I hate someone else. I love God, but I'm going to treat them with vengeance. I'm going to be vindictive. I'm going to be mean. I'm going to be hurtful. I'm going to be destructive. God says, "Mm, have you crossed over or are you still here in darkness? Because the distinguishing mark is that God says, then you'll love. You will love. And if we're like, I don't know how loving I am, then that's why this message is gonna challenge every one of us because I don't think it's a a black and white. I think love is a degree and I think we learn to love and I think God gives us opportunities to love all the time. And you know this, sometimes it gets really hard. And uh, I was on the phone, uh, I got a message to call somebody on Friday and I called them. And uh, I kind of wish I had my own message before Friday. Uh, because I got yelled at. I mean, I got yelled at. Uh, for 30 minutes, I got yelled at. I didn't know somebody could yell for 30 minutes. And uh, Jackie was, I was in the same office as Jackie, and she's sitting at the desk over there, and she was smiling because she could hear the conversation. She knew everything he was saying. It's hard to love. How do you keep loving and keep helping and keep, you hang in there and you love? And you're trying, and you're trying, and you're trying, and you're trying, and some people are just hard to love. Really hard to love. So when God says to us, anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him, that should be at least some indicator that we have to do our own assessment and say, God, is there any hate in my life? Have I forgiven people who have hurt me? Am I holding on to something in my life that I should be letting go? What does it mean? Okay, we're going to go a little deeper now. So, so because a lot of times we don't understand what love is. So, verse 16, it's going to get very clear. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. I wish Jesus would have stopped right there. Because we could say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you laid down your life for us. But what did he say? And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. How many of us actually would be willing to do that? I don't mean for your child... But for someone else, that you'd be willing to sacrifice, to give something up for someone else. I don't mean open your wallet, flip through the bills and take a couple of bucks out and say, here you go. That's not a sacrifice. How many of us would be willing to give up? Wow, this is my lunch money for the week. Here you go. How many of us are willing to to give up something precious to give it up for someone else? Because they're in need. And this is why I say, I think there's a degree like, well, I'm I'm not there yet. That's okay. What's a first step or where are you? And God's going to encourage you today to say, take it up a notch. Keep learning to grow. And when people are unlovable, you just keep hanging in there and you keep loving and loving. And let me pause here. You have to understand something. That God loves us unconditionally. I think you know that. I hope you know that. God can't love you any more than he does. No matter what you do, God can't love you any more. God can't love you any less. God loves you unconditionally. And people that are far from God, that are in your life, God wants to love them. And he's given them rain, and he's given them food, and he's given them house, but they're not getting it. They're not feeling loved. So what God does is he says, okay, I'm going to call you to go love them with my love, love them so that they can experience my love through you. And we're like, that's really hard, God. How do, you want me to love them the way that you love me so that they understand how much you love them, right? But they're hard to love, yeah. They're mean, yeah. They hate me, yeah. They hate you, yeah. They hate the truth, yeah. Love them. God loves them through us. That's tough. Let's go on. A little bit more. Verse 17, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech but with actions and in truth. Did you catch that? God says, stop talking, stop it. Don't say how much you love them, show them. Your words don't matter, show them. So that at the end of the day, they they feel loved. And that's what matters is that they feel loved. And words don't matter. But our actions really matter. I want to give you a challenge today. I want you to think about something. I hope that you're a believer in Christ. I I really do. Look at verse 23. And this is his command to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. I pray that that's you today. I pray that you you believe in Jesus. So if I would assume for a moment, let's just say we, we believe in Jesus, then my friends, this place right here, right now, should be the most loving place on planet earth. Because if we're all trying to love each other, deeply from the heart, sacrificially, then if we all did that, then this would be the most loving place on planet Earth. And, and trust me on this, people will be lined up out the door wanting to be part of a place that they feel loved and accepted, not judged, but loved deeply from the heart with all of our heart, mind, strength, soul, loving as ourself, laying our life down, sacrificing, my goodness, this should be the most loving place on planet Earth. Is the church that way? It starts with us. Every person who walks through these doors, I want to ask you, love them. Overwhelm them. Don't let anybody walk in or out of this building without feeling loved. If you're with us for the first time, I hope you feel loved. And the only way that you'll feel loved is because we're practicing what God said. This is an easy place to practice love. It gets hard when you walk out those doors. Because anything goes once you walk out those doors. But this should be the place, and and I'm going to ask you, every time you come to this place, practice love deeply. Deeply. Show people, not with your words, show people your love and your care and your concern for them. When we get done with worship, every person you pass out in the hallway or in the lobby area, would you take a moment to greet them, say hello, help them feel loved? The worst thing is when a person walks into church and says, nobody said hello to me. Why would they ever stay? I wouldn't because you don't feel loved and church should be the place that you feel loved, right? I mean, amen to that? So let me encourage you, because you're already loved by God, how much he gave his son, God sent his son to give up his life for us, to show us how much he loves us. And then he says, go love. So let's practice every week we're together, let's practice and let's create the most unbelievably loving church that God could send the most hateful person into the building and they'll walk out of here and say I've never experienced love like I experienced in that place. Because those people, they know how to love. That's what I want. I pray that you would take this to heart. But now when you go out, everybody you meet today, just ask God, how can I love them? The gas attendant, the waitress, the waiter, person checking you out in the store, person helping you, God, how can I love them? God, how can I love them? May that be the forefront, God, how can I love them? That's what you want me to do, how can I love them? How can I show them your love, no matter how they treat me? Well, let's pray. Lord Jesus, how can we ever say thank you for the love you have for us? Jesus, we love you. And we're so grateful for what you did for us. And we're, we're all growing, we're all on this journey in our relationship with you. We wanna love you more. And we ask that you'd help us to love you more. But the best way to learn how to love you more is to learn how to love others. And so Jesus, help us strengthen our relationship with you, strengthen our love for you and the love you have for us. May we experience that love and then help us to share that love so that others can experience what we have with you. We're so grateful, Jesus. We're so grateful that we know you and we know your love. We pray this in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you are challenged and encouraged to walk in truth in your everyday. Please share with friends and family, and we can't wait to have you next time on the Messiah Podcast.